Have you ever been trying to grow closer to God only to have all kinds of things start going wrong in your life? Well, welcome to the Open End Podcast. My name is Mike. I've been a born again Christian for about 20 years now. And for the last 10, I've really been growing closer to God, consciously trying to grow closer to God. And sometimes it's a spiritual attack that you just go through. And I've been experiencing one of those recently that we're going to talk about on this episode. I'm Meg and I have been walking this life with Jesus for about three years, probably going on four now, actually. I don't know exactly how long, but definitely just a few years. And um, I am really excited to talk about this topic. I think even in those few years, there's been some things I can attest to that, even though I didn't want to call it that at first. Yeah, especially with you being the worship leader, I imagine that you really got spiritually attacked in the beginning. Yeah, I think when it really happened for me was when I joined staff here. Yeah. But, uh, and at the time I was just a volunteer on the team, not just a volunteer, love all you volunteers. (laughs) It's not just, um, I only mean to say I hadn't joined staff yet. And that was my sole role in a servant, in servanthood was as a volunteer. And um, I don't think it hit me quite yet until I really dove in spiritually which for me happened to be around the time when i started talking about beyond staff here right yeah it absolutely happened so let me tell you guys a little story about what's been going on so we recorded our first welcome episode of this we had the idea and started and then we recorded the first episode we were going to record the other one when i got back from vacation right but then going on vacation Then I went on vacation and January 3rd, we got on the boat, right? I woke up that morning and I'd lost my voice and I stayed sick the whole vacation. Like I I felt pretty good. So I was able to enjoy our cruise. But then about two days before we got off the boat, I, I, uh, took my temperature and I had a fever 102 and I had the chills. I had the aches. So I was full on sick for the last two days of our cruise. And then we get off the boat in Florida. So we're on East Coast time. It's three hours ahead. We left our car in San Francisco at a park and fly at one of the, at the Aloft Hotel park and fly, which we've used quite a few times before. So we got back East Coast time. It was like midnight. So it was nine o'clock in San Francisco. We took the shuttle. It's pouring down rain, rain, Meg. It's pouring down rain. I'm a, I have a 102 degree temperature, right? And we go to look for our car and it's not where we left it. Our car was stolen out of the park and fly when we got back. And so we're like, this is unbelievable. We were just both like flabbergasted. And we went to the hotel. We're thinking maybe they, we didn't leave the thing on the dash and they towed our car. So we went in and talked to them and we're like, Hey, our car is not where we left it. And they're like, "I, I don't know what to tell you. What, you know? And she was like, well, my manager that reviews the security footage and things like that, he's not here right now. And he's actually out of state. And so she goes, I'll call him. I'll try to get a hold of him. And then I'll have him call you. And we're like, okay. So it it was super late at night for us. I wasn't feeling good. And so we just went to the hotel that we're staying at and thought we'd wake up in the morning, go back to the hotel. They would tell us that they towed our car and we'd find it, whatever, deal with it. Right. And so we got up the next morning and I was still feeling like trash. So hold on, I have a question about this. Was this 
do you happen to know about this park and fly? Is someone there like manning it the whole time or do they go home at night and just let security footage? Yeah. Okay. So there wasn't someone there the whole no. time. I don't know how these things work. Okay. But it's got a gate. So you have to okay. pay to get out or show your ticket stub or whatever. Gotcha. But there's nobody that's actually sitting there. Okay. And it's, it was really strange because like in preparation for leaving the car there for so long, I took the the ignition relay out of the fuse box that's underneath the hood. So either somebody had to be watching me do that, or these thieves are just smart enough that they know that people do that. And they would have had to have had that specific relay with them to be able to take my car. Cause there's no way you could start it without that relay. Right. And so the next day I'm like still 102 degree temperature and then I'm feeling like dirt. And so Jen actually went to the park and fly to try to figure out where the car was. And it wasn't there. She looked again. It wasn't there. So she ended up calling the local PD and they filed her police report and the cop like drove around looking for it also. And he couldn't find it. So it was just like the crappiest thing that could happen. It was just right at the start of this vacation yeah. Your dreams, right? Yeah, this whole thing. My 50th vacation, it was like this thing we've been planning, looking Great. forward to. Super big birthday. Now that I'm an old man and <laughs> I have to apply for AARP. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh. Yeah, so needless to say, it was just uh, spiritually attacked, man, this whole time. And I just finished my last round of antibiotics yesterday. And if the, and I ended up having pneumonia in both my lungs and like deep inside of my lungs. And the doctor said, like, I've, I've got to call her after we're done doing this. And she's actually considering admitting me into the hospital if these antibiotics didn't clear everything up, which kind of feels like it did. I'm hopeful that she's not going to do that. Good. But it's, isn't it a little ironic that it all happens right at the time that we're doing this thing? We kicked this podcast off and we have, we've had so much interest from everybody that's watched it f so far and so many positive feedbacks and so many yeah. people are excited to do really this. great feedback and investment. I've had a lot of people just be like, I'm really excited. I know it's crazy. But that wasn't even everything that happened. Wasn't that just the beginning? You're right. I forgot while we're on you vacation. Forgot. I know mm -hmm. this is horrible too. While we're on vacation, we went radio silent the whole time. We didn't buy the internet package or anything like that. We just kept our phones off. And that's not really like us. Like we try to bring a form of communication for somebody to be able to get a hold of us. Well, we got into, I think it was, we got into like Jamaica and we turned our phones on when we got into the port and there was a message from Jen's mom. Her dad had had an emergency quadruple bypass open heart surgery. And like, so crazy. I know. And it, it had happened a few days before. So it was like after the fact, so he had had the surgery, he came out, he was doing okay. By the time we got a hold of her mom and her dad, but it just made my, it made me feel so sick to my stomach. Cause I was like, her mom's trying to get a hold of her. Jen's an only child, you know, it's, and I just can't imagine how, you know, how lonely she might've felt like yeah. trying to get a hold of Jen, trying to get a hold of me. Right. And her husband's going through open heart surgery. They're like, they're high school sweethearts, oh, been together forever, you know, and he's going through this thing. And luckily he pulled through it, talked to him on the phone a few times and he's doing really good. 
But just look at that though. I get sick. The car gets stolen. Dad has an open heart surgery, quadruple bypass. Three of his arteries were 100% blocked and one of them was 98% blocked. So oh he had gosh. 2% of his arteries working. Jeez. I know. Oh my gosh. Ah, poor guy. Yeah, that is boom, boom, boom. And right when you're just trying to go on a vacation, I mean, other than this past summer, you guys have been going places, but you guys aren't people who vacation all the time. Right. You're pretty much, you're here doing a lot of things all the time. Yeah. And so the moment you take a actual, not a work trip, not a whatever, a relaxing vacation to unplug, yeah. all this stuff just happens. Yep. And that's exactly what it was. Like I travel a lot for work, so we combine my travel for work with weekends. So you'll see on social media, you know, we're chasing wildflowers and doing all this other kind of stuff, but it's because we're just utilizing the most that we can out of our weekends. Yeah. That's just the type of people that we are. That's smart. But this one was complete disconnect. It was me rebooting, getting ready for 2024, which I still think 2024 is going to be an amazing year, to be honest. That is very optimistic of you i'm yes. glad that this didn't knock you down no it didn't and we we're able to reboot quite a bit like i said for the first 10 days or seven days of the, of the cruise i felt like i sounded horrible but i felt okay so i was able to enjoy a lot of the stuff that we did and jen's been like posting it on social media so you'd be able to catch up and see what we're what we had been doing in different places but I was able to kind of reboot, but it was, it was a vacation to reboot so I can come back really strong. I have all kinds of like hopes and dreams and aspirations for a lot of things that we're doing. So, and then I really wanted to dive into this podcast also and give it my all with you. Mm -hmm. Hopefully my good co-host Meg, <laughs> my awesome co-host. Yeah. And to all the support that everybody had been given like coming back and seeing how many people were interested in our first episode. Cause I launched it or we launched it and then I took off, right? I launched it physically, but we launched the podcast and then I took off and I was off offline for the, for seven days. So I didn't know how it did. I didn't know what the numbers were. Mm -hmm. And then I come back and Joe's like, yeah, I shared it on Sunday service and you're telling me all these things. And yeah. I'm coming back to all these messages and then we got all these new subscribers, which is great for a brand new channel. And then we got these, all these downloads and these views. And I was like, Whoa, this is like, this is really good for our first episode or first welcome episode. Right. It was just the meet the hosts episode. Exactly. I didn't even get into the meet yet. That was kind of like, I got some texts that said milk to meat. And I'm like, what are they even talking about? What does milk to meat even mean? <laughs> I don't even get it. That's Joe Parks. Yeah, and then I, then I started looking at it. So Joe, by the way, wants us to call it Eminem, and we want he wants us to give away Eminems on every episode. Oh, is that show. so? I don't think I heard yeah. that part. But Eminem, just for anyone who's like, huh, Mike, Meg, Milk, Meat, there's all this, um, you know. Eminem reference. Connection around Eminems. Right, yeah. correct. So needless to say, it didn't deter me because it's not my first rodeo being spiritually attacked, right? And then- I grasp that it's spiritually attacked. I know it is. It so has to be. Talk to us about how you know that that's spiritual attack instead of just bad stuff that happened to you. Bad luck. You know, I could, I could, this is how I used to think too, is I could see someone being like, spiritual attack, it's life. Hard stuff happens. That's just, stuff can happen. So how do you know 
that it's spiritual attack. Right. So this happens a lot with new believers. So there's a spiritual battle being fought constantly, right? Angels, demons, yep. uh, devil, God, you know, all that stuff. And especially inside of us and with new believers, like that stirs up the bad demons. So like, we don't want these people to start getting God, right? Does they want, they like us living in sin and our own free will. Yeah. And we can be really good people living secular lives, but technically in a lot of ways we're living in sin, right? Because we're, you know, we're watching smut on TV and we're doing all these other kind of things that aren't godly. Right? right. So when somebody becomes a new believer and starts getting convicted by watching that stuff and then the devil's like, Oh my gosh, no, we can't have this. So he's like, throws chaos into somebody's life constantly and right. when you're a new believer and what it does is for like the average person where we start getting pushback about things we're like oh no that's uncomfortable i don't want to i don't want to continue down this path because it's uncomfortable right look me. what it got me i know exactly right yeah. and it's kind of funny i read a bunch of blogs today on this mm -hmm. topic prepping for this and a lot of new believers were like, why would I even want to become a Christian if all this stuff's yep. going to be coming thrown at me? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's so true, but the reward is so much on pass. But being a, a Christian for 20 years and really for the last 10 years, really diving into the spirit and learning more about it, mm -hmm. I recognized and I was mentored by a lot of people that I was going to be spiritually attacked and I was prepped for it basically. And so I knew it was coming. And so I have, I have like, I have experience with being spiritually attacked over the last 10 years or 12 years. So when this started happening, I knew right away what it was going on. You know, I knew that I was getting spiritually attacked and what it does for me, it just gives me more fire to do this with you because I know this really upset the, the, dark spiritual realm right it really really made the devil mad he's like i can't have this these guys are going to do some good <laughs> stuff and i don't want this happening so yeah. it's just encouraging to me and gives me more fire to do it even more because i know you and i are going to change lives yeah we're going to change lives with this podcast yeah. and that's so encouraging to me yeah god i and that's i think the thing about spiritual attack or uh spiritual warfare right is the overarching kind of category when we're talking about spiritual battle attack or i guess what i mean to say is when we talk about spiritual attack that implies that there's a battle going on otherwise what would there be the need for an attack for right and the battle that that's talking about i think it's ephesians 6 i think it's ephesians 6 that verse that's so clearly undeniably saying that the battle isn't against flesh and blood it's against powers principalities it's basically saying that our our fight is in the spiritual realm but what it does is it ends up manifesting in manifesting me not <laughs> I'm manifesting this thing that's going to happen manifesting being it's showing up in the world it's showing up as flesh and blood it could be right. showing up that way let's say you have an argument that's really fleshy but that could be spiritual attack it's happening up there though and we get affected by it in real more tangible ways than you might think of when you're thinking of a spiritual battle and anything that is getting us closer in relationship to our creator is a threat in this war. There's, like you said, there's constantly a battle. 
there's always a threat if we're getting closer with God, if we're understanding him more, if we're chasing his heart more. That is threatening. And to me, um, certainly not sympathizing with the devil here, but I can conceptualize that more by relating to that. If I have am really insecure about something, which everyone has insecurities, I'm really insecure about this thing and I feel threatened by it, what do we do in our flesh is we lash out. Right. And that is what I can imagine happening in the spiritual realm. So when you're doing something good, the devil's just lashing out, just can't stand it and right. is lashing out by, you know, having all these things happen yeah. to you. And he's had a lot of experience since he fell from heaven. He's had a lot of experience at like pushing our buttons and yeah. tweaking us a little bit. Like I noticed that a lot that he can just like, I imagine him just like flicking his finger a little bit and being able to push my button to where I, I feel like my life's going to fall apart, but he had very little effort to do it because he's got so much experience doing it, which scares me. But what doesn't scare me is I know that he is a very little guy and God is so big, you know, compared to the devil or to compared to God, the devil is just so small. And so I know that I have much more power by just asking God to help me through this and give me the understanding mm -hmm. and be able to bring me through whatever I'm going through that I know God's going to be able to take care of it right away for me. And you know, if it's, well, there's kind of two, two trains of thought there. One is I'm a firm believer in that. I don't know what blessing God did for me with whatever he did in my life. So the way that Jennifer and I were looking at it, that that night it was pouring down rain. If we would have gotten to our car and drove, we could have gotten into a, a really bad car accident that night. And maybe by, by my, I was going to say by God having my car stolen, which he didn't because he gave the people that did the bad thing, the free will sure. who'd made the choice to do a bad thing. Right. So the people that stole my car may have done a blessing through that. God may have blessed me through people doing a bad thing to me by not getting me into a car accident. I know that was deep to follow. <laughs> so <laughs> forgive me. But there's been plenty of times where God's been like, hey, Mike, I don't, you know, go change those shoes. This is just a weird example, but go change those shoes before you, you know, when I was going to leave for a work trip or something. And I'm like, what is wrong with my shoes? I don't want to do that. And I'm just like, he gives me these voices wow. sometimes and just tells me, and he delays me like five or 10 minutes. Right. And I'm like, before it used to annoy me because I was like, I want to be obedient. So I'll go do whatever it is yeah. that he's telling me to go do. But then I started noticing like on one of my last work trips, he delayed me by about 10 or 15 minutes. And I, I wasn't too annoyed by it, but it was a really bad rainstorm. And when I got down to San Rafael, this truck had uh, gotten to a really bad accident and hit a guardrail into where the truck was so mangled. And by the time I got to it, they were just getting there and they're starting to pull them out and get them, get the person out of the car. But it was about 10 minutes that had gone by since the wreck happened and my car passed by there. So by God, delaying me by about 10 minutes i could have potentially i don't know because it, the bad thing didn't happen i could have gotten to that accident i could have been hit by that truck or i could have been the one that spun out in the bad rain and ran into the guardrail and got hurt or whatever it was yeah so 
so many times in my life, God has postponed me some way or another mm -hmm. that I like, I start giving thanks to him. I'm like, okay, I don't know what you mm -hmm. just saved me from, but I am so grateful that you just saved me from right. maybe even my own self. I don't know, yeah. but it's kind of like one of those things. Like it, it, it hurts. My car was stolen. It hurts that I was sick my whole vacation. You know, it sucked that um, all the, the police reports and the things I have to go through. And I had 102 degree fever while I'm trying to deal with all this stuff. Thank, thank God that Jennifer was able to, she just took control of everything and like handled everything yeah, for us. And I was kind of just able to just hang out in bed and try yeah. to get better. But I, and, and I'm mad that somebody stole my car. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's frustrating. I love that Tahoe. You know, we bought it eight years ago. We paid cash for it and we took it on all of our annual Christmas tree hunts. We've had so many good memories and blessed so many people with it. And that it ran one, one good last one in there. In yeah, last we, December. we did. And that the it's grown so much. Our annual Christmas tree hunt has grown so much that we've had to st start taking two cars now. So pretty cool. But I'm just going to miss all those times with it. Now I've got to now. Thankfully, I had full coverage on it. So the insurance is going to pay me for the total loss of the car. And but I, now I've got to find a new car. I've got to buy a new one. I've got to haggle with somebody. And I, I hate haggling with people for cars. So and then. It's like, now I'm not going to have a four-wheel drive to go get Christmas trees. I just, there's so many things that annoy me by this situation. But I still, in all of this, I can still count my blessings that, you know, that neither one of us were there. I, you know, we weren't carjacked. You know, we weren't held at gunpoint. Right. It, it wasn't anything, anything stressful like that, that and none of it, neither one of us got hurt. Well, if we, yeah, if we think in the context of, your life that is you are able you are not injured at the end of the day yes you got sick and you're still dealing with that but in the in the scheme of life one you didn't get tripped up by it and lose faith in god over it yeah. so that is right there an awesome victory for the kingdom so one that shows us that even with the spiritual attack in that way that you got spiritual attack there's other ways that that can happen but that's the way that that happened for you he tried something. The enemy tried something and it still got turned around. And you just said you're actually more fired up about yep. this than you were even before. Exactly. Um, and what I wanted to say is that in the scheme of life, which is what he wants, he wants your whole life. He wants your attention, your affection. He wants you to uh, turn from the Lord. That's like the end goal for him, for the enemy, right? Is he wants all of that from you. And in this, in comparison like he's starting little he wants your heart he's after more than that and he's doing these things to trip you up so that you'll do it himself and make his job easy mm -hmm. right and something that um really tripped me up about this whole topic early on in my born again life is i really and that's why i posed this question earlier is bad things happen to people all the time bad things happen to non-christians so obviously they weren't threatening you know, the enemy, if they don't even, if they're lollygagging in life, not even knowing God and all the stuff, that same thing can happen to a non-Christian and they're going to have a totally different view of it because they don't 
consider they're not considering their maker being in control of all things like you you know have eyes for spiritual eyes for uh but so what does that look like for people who don't see it that way who aren't you know read up on the word and what the word says about spiritual battle and i think we'd be remiss not to bring up job because that is such a an obvious and clear spiritual attack i mean the word even calls satan by name satan was i don't know i'm probably saying the wrong thing but from what i remember of the story he's walking moseying around in the fields or something and and wants to mess with job and god has so much faith in job that he allows it yeah and i that story the whole book of job had such an impression on me of this idea that God actually does allow these things to happen. Yeah. He really does. That's he has the final say, but he, we don't know whether God is saying about us. I don't, I don't know if Job knew that God saw him as righteous enough to handle it mm-hmm. and strong enough and faithful enough to handle it. But that's what he told Satan was, I know he's going to be fine. Yeah. You go ahead. Cause I know that I'm not losing him. He's my strong one. He's going to be fine. So go ahead. It is with God's permission that Job's health, his kids, you know, he lost his family, his land, his animals, his belongings. He lost so much and was in such devastation over it. I mean, mourning, deep mourning, like anyone would from losing their family members, everything that they have, being terribly sick, right? He had some hive-like thing all over his body. He was suffering physically, not just emotionally. I mean, all of it. And... And God knew before Job did that he'll be fine. God had a plan to restore all of it. He actually ended up doubling it, I think. Yeah, he gave exactly. him so much after that. And Job couldn't have known that that was going to happen. And he had faith anyway. And that's that concept. God allowed that trips up everyone, I think. Christians, non-Christians alike. It's a big argument for non-Christians to say, well, if there was a God, why would that why would bad things you know why would he allow that and if it's such a good god why would he allow all these bad things to happen and what job taught me is what the book of job taught me is that it's really not up to me to even wonder about that stuff too much i can question it and i have every right to question it but really my faith in god will inform an attitude in me that says he has a reason for it that i don't know and if i'm really confident in god i'm going to continue that conversation by saying and I don't really need to right now I'm going to find out someday and my faith in God informs an attitude that says he's got a plan like like you are with the shoes when he delays you now you've learned to say you know what I don't know what it is but it's something yeah and that is how we if we want to move into like how do we fight spiritual attack right because are we just going to sit there and take it or are we going to do what you did with that situation where you turn around and you go well, there's a reason for this, and I'm I'm ready. I'm gonna fight this battle, yeah. right? Didn't that make you just you want to stand? He knocked yeah, you down get, for a it second. Gave me the chills right now. And now you want to stand up and do something yeah. about it. Yeah. And how do you do that? Do you want to talk about that? Like, if someone asked you, so what do you do now? What did that do for you? And how do you fight back? You know, I think it's my experience with being uh, an experienced Christian. I knew what was happening, so I knew how to deal with it. So it's an interesting question that you pose. How would a new Christian? How would I suggest a new Christian deal with that? Or anyone. I mean, 
you you might have known that because you have discernment mm-hmm. but there might be christians who consider themselves not new christians who wouldn't have discerned that as spiritual attack um and i'm not saying how mature they are or not but they just might not have discerned that so how how would you say that you're going to fight back at this point even just your real life examples yeah so i i guess i don't want to try to answer something that i don't really know so let me just give the example of what i did and not not i mean that's all i can give you i can't really say what i would tell a new christian but i can give you like the experience of what i did yeah. an example of what i did yeah. so when it happened it, it it i had fear i'm gonna be honest i had fear right they had they have my registration in my car they know where i live i don't know what they're planning yeah even though it's a six hour drive away i didn't you know, I still had fear. I didn't know if they're coming to my house or what. So I, I had a few things to deal with. So one was I have to look outside every day and not see my car anymore. Right. And it's a constant reminder that somebody stole my stuff from me. I was, my privacy was violated. Yeah. So what I've been doing when I feel that is I pray. I'm like, God, I feel scared right now. You know, somebody took my stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel violated. I feel scared. I don't want to live in fear. So in which fear is a byproduct of the enemy, right? Yeah. You know, I, I shouldn't live in fear because I have God on my side. Yes. And so I just pray to God. I'm like, God, can you just take the fear away? You know, give me my confidence back. Make me the same person that I used to be before this happened. And and then I had to tell everybody, stop asking me what happened because I don't want to talk about yeah. my stuff being stolen anymore. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. We were all talking about it. We were like, did you hear what happened at the Crafters? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> so what, what I, what I leaned into was praying. It got me, it, it even got me closer to God because now it's not like, not only am I doing the daily reading plan that we're all on here at church, mm-hmm. but I uh, started praying more because I started having those scared feelings a lot more. And I started having a lot of angry feelings because I was mad at the person. And I kept doing the what if. What if I would have done this? What if I would have done that? Well, you know, I what ifed myself to almost yeah. death. And so I had to stop. I had to stop. So I just prayed and I was like, God, can you take this stuff away from me? But I was well aware that I could have taken all this stuff and been mad and I could have had anger. I could have, you know, went and got the security footage myself and tried to find the guys that took my car. I could have rented a car and like drove around all of San Francisco looking for my Tahoe. You know, there's so many things that I could have did that were negative and that would have had a a negative impact on my life, on my family, on everybody else. But I knew the right things to do, which was like pray and, and all the things that I had said before. That kind of answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I think I'm trying to formulate like a, if someone has a takeaway and they realize that something that happened in their life might've actually been spiritual attack and not just this bad coincidence that happened in their life. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do about that? So I think that's what I'm trying to get at too is, and you gave the example of what you did with this situation um, is, and I think that's the answer, or at least one response is you turn to prayer and you take the things that make you think of that over and over again. Cause that's, oh, that's also something that Satan wants yeah. you to do is dwell and, and harbor resentment. And he wants you to go and 
search for the thieves and criminal, you know, get get your own justice for it. And all of that is, I mean, I could understand someone wanting to do that, but it also could, it's towing that line right there on, are you getting your own justice? Then is this, does it turn into just bad feelings, just resentment, and it keeps you in this place instead of, um, the reality is, this is really hard, I think, for a lot of people to ex accept in a lot of justice situations, is that even those thieves were made by the Lord, even those thieves are made in God's image and they are tricked. They are being tricked in their life to think that that's something you could do to someone else. Like they are leave it, living in deceit and that's really, really sad. Yeah. So to watch that, to, to see that someone else like that has the wool over their eyes. I mean, they clearly are not. Well, the worst part about it is I used to be one of those thieves. Wow. You know, like, I used to be so true. Like the hardcore type of things and that brought up other stuff too. Yeah. It's like, am I being punished for the things that I did before hmm. in my life? There's, there's two trains of thought to and try to follow me with this, but am I being punished for all the things that I've done? You know, I haven't stolen cars, but I've done a lot of bad things to people and, you know, stole stuff from money and all kinds of other things in my, in my drug addiction. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of those things were coming through my head and it was like, no, no, no. I was in the born again. I gave up that life. I'm now the person that I am and I repented and I don't do those things anymore. Yeah. So no, I'm not being punished for the things that I've done previously in my life because a lot of people will think, oh, I've just been a bad person and that's why all these bad things are happening to me. And I'm just getting, I'm being repaid for all the bad that I did to society. But a lot of people think that way and they think, oh, I've been such a bad person. And then, and then that just gets their head spun up and then they keep thinking like that. And they think, well, that's just going to be my life. Bad things are going to happen to me because I've been a bad person in my life. And that's not true. Once you rededicate your life to Christ and once you are, you know, uh, confess Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you're baptized, then you are reborn. Like all of your sins are forgiven. Yeah. Like. Everything that I did prior to being baptized is just forgiven. Totally. And it's not even because of anything that you've done in the past or because of the good that you did since then. It's because of what he did. It's already done. He washed you white as snow. Right. And when that happened and you came into agreement with the fact that he has cleansed you completely, he's never bringing stuff back up right in your face. He's so I'm, you know that that's not from him. Yeah. One of the most impactful things that I've heard that I heard last year was actually from you from a ministry moment up on stage. And you talked about that. You're like, he forgets mm -hmm. once you, once you ask him for forgiveness or when you repent, he forgets. I, and that's not exactly the way that you put it. You put it a lot better than I just did, <laughs> but it was so impactful when you said it, it was like, it touched my heart when you said it up mm -hmm. on stage. I, I think I remember what you're talking about, the ministry moment that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's really important, that concept. I think what was being talked about was that you can live a certain way for however long, right? And the moment that you come, you know what? I remember this really well now because I was really neglecting the word. I wasn't spending any time with God. Like as your worship leader, Faith Center, I I was like really neglecting that for, for enough time that I noticed a difference in my day-to-day -day life. I noticed and I, I felt that yearning and I'm so thankful 
as weird as that sounds that that happened because since then I am I have been I haven't fallen back into that since and it led me to admit that before my church family that I I I really fell off and it made me realize how important that is he wants my attention and my affection my attention and affection is wanted by two different spiritual forces and I know which one I want to give mine to right and I realized that when I'm not actively giving that I'm kind of being like a uh what do you call that word the standby um what do you call that uh, when you're like kind of like neutral so you might as well be um oh man it starts with an S, I think. Well, anyway, I'm if I'm being neutral, my point is I've, mm-hmm. I'm being neutral. I could be in either party. But if I'm giving and I am going this way to my God and I am I know where I want my attention and affection to go, then that's I just know where my faith is. I know that's where I want to put that. I know who I want to serve. And um, I could live that way. I could neglect that. I could call myself a Christian for years and years and years and not be in the word and right. not be pursuing what God gave me already. A giant love letter, chock full of testimonies of how good he is. I could not be doing any of that. And then one day, no matter what position I hold or how long I've been a Christian, one day I can just go to God and be like, I'm sorry. I don't know what I was doing, but... I want to put all of my attention on you from this day forward. And he goes, great. And then he takes you in and it's like you never neglected him ever. He is ready to receive you. He's timeless. He's all of these things. And I think that neglect, that's how I've experienced spiritual attack more than tragedies happening in my life. It's very sneaky. He's sneaky. And I wanted to talk about that because I think there might be people who don't feel like they've experienced spiritual attack before. If they can't think of terrible things that have happened to them, doesn't mean that you haven't experienced spiritual attack. The devil is sneaky. He's right prowling around waiting to see who who he can, you know, steal, kill. He's still a thief and a killer and a destroyer. He's waiting around for that. And if there's little ways he can do it right under your nose, that's even better because he wants you to be confused about that. He gives a spirit of fear and confusion. And that is how it has happened to me mostly as I simply, slowly drift away right under my nose until it hits me, I haven't talked to God. And I haven't talked to the my maker, the one who I need to be in direct relationship with, you know, who's ready to listen to me all the time. I haven't even prayed in however long. Who's craving to hear from us too. Yeah, who loves me more than anyone else. I mean, I could go on about that. And that's when it'll hit me that, you know what? I got, I mean, and this is not to victimize myself, like, oh, it's up to me. I need the self-discipline also to contribute to that relationship. It's a two-way street, right? My relationship with God. He will allow me to just drift off. Yeah. Um, because he gave me free will. Yeah. I have agency as his child and he gave he gives us that. I see that as a gift. Um and I get I get to choose him back. He chooses me every day and I get to choose him back. Mm-hmm. And when I don't, I that's how I've begun to understand that I can I might be spiritually attacked right under my nose. I don't even know it and I'm being pushed away. I'm having schedule conflicts that, you know, in my mind make me justify, oh, well, I'm I'm I was just so busy last week that I just forgot. You know, right. I, you know, 
for me, I have a really hard time knowing how to, um, like take care of myself. Uh, like I, sometimes I forget to eat. Oh, really? And then at 4 PM I'm famished because it just hits me all of a sudden. Do you get, do you get hangry when you get my husband, Luis, would say yes, <laughs> that I do. <laughs> and maybe uh, my coworkers would say that I do. Nice. Um, but me, no. Uh, no, no. no. Um, yeah, I think I do. I get I get cranky. And that's, I mean, we're designed to have food sustain us physically. Um, so, fine. Right. But that is something, It's it showed up more in my life that way. And I wonder if there are listeners who have had that too. You can't name something yeah. bad that's happened, but you get far from God, there are sneaky ways that, that the enemy's trying to get in between your relationship with him or confuse you or question you to the point where it's not a faithful questioning. It's, you know, you have, he's your father. He wants to listen to you. He wants your questions. If you're like, well, why is it this way? Why did you design this this way? Right. Um, and that even brings us back to Job is, oh my gosh, some the most powerful pages in the Bible that I have read, read so far is later in Job after he's mourning and God starts talking. Did you make oh. the water brush up onto the sand? Yeah. Oh, did you yeah. make the earth crash together to form mountains? Did you do all this stuff? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It To me, I got set in my place in the most loving. I truly felt tenderly loved as I was reading that. I was like, wow. I don't get to decide or know why these things happen, yeah. but I just need to remember that. I trust my God. He's got me. He's got it all together. I don't need to worry about it. Uh, but I get tricked into worrying about things that are not meant to worry about. So I think he gave, just gave the best piece of advice is if you are being spiritually attacked and you think your life is going bad, go and read Job. Just read Job. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> and see what, see what it's really like, right? Go and read Job. But no, you bring up a good point, and you were asking me earlier what out what kind of advice I'd give to somebody that was going through this kind of stuff. Yeah. So you have you have two paths that you can go down. You can wallow in your misery mm -hmm. that you're going through, right? Or you can lean into God even more. And you're either gonna have if you're filling your your mind and your thoughts with God and prayer and and love and just the warmth that He brings when yeah. you pray to Him and when you're when you're in. Uh, relationship with God, then you can either choose that path or you can choose to be miserable. So it's like, mm -hmm. pray up even more, you know, start and get into the word and start reading, reading more stuff. We've been on the, so it's January 26th. So how many days in are we in on the uh, reading plan? 26 days. <laughs> 26. <laughs> it was a little test. You passed. Took a little while, but thanks. Yeah, twenty six uh, days in. Yeah. So, have you been uh, up on it? Mm -mm. I mean, I've been trying, but I've I got about four days behind at one point, mm -hmm. and I've been like <laughs> clawing back. I really want to get caught up. Yeah. Um. But regardless, being in the Word every day is has been really really awesome so far. Yeah. There, it's not like really big big reading sections either. It takes yeah. me like five minutes, I think, to get through the wow. Bible. That's good. They, they're not they're not very big at all. When you really break it down, it just feels like a lot because it's like it's Genesis, Matthew, Proverbs, and um, Psalms, right? So it's like, oh my gosh, I got so much to do. But <laughs> Proverbs and Psalms are like it's two verses. It's like it's one. They're just taking little Genesis and Matthew are the bigger ones too, and they're not even that big to read through. 
Yeah. But it's been exciting to me. And, you know, if you're not finished on the topic that we're, we can come back to it, but I wanted to kind of move to this next topic, which was you and I, when we we're talking about developing this podcast, we both settled up on Jacob for some reason. Oh, yeah. Isn't that kind of weird that both of us, out of all the characters in the Bible, you and I both settled up on Jacob. That's right. It's kind of crazy. Well, yeah, in the, in the, um, we were figuring out what it was going to be called. Is that what you're talking about when, we, yeah. when Jacob came up as the wrestling with God? Yeah, wrestling yeah. with God. Or as it's put in the, he's wrestling with the man. Or, he doesn't right. say it's God. Right. They don't really say it's God, but we think that it's God. Right. right? It's <laughs> speculated. It's God. But the, the fascinating thing about our reading plan is, you know, Genesis is all about the life of Abraham, Cain, Moses, you know, all Adam, Eve, mm-hmm. uh, Moses, or not, yeah, Moses later. So it's it's Abraham, Isaac, his son, right, mm-hmm. that he was going to sacrifice. Yeah. And then Isaac had Esau and Jacob, mm-hmm. and Jacob was, the more I dive into it, Jacob was kind of a bad dude. He He was like... He went to his uncle or he stole his brother's birthright. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I've been wanting to talk to you about this so much. <laughs> so Jacob is born second, right? And so Esau is the firstborn. And Esau goes to his father, Isaac. And this is incredible to me on how things, how much more things meant to people back then in these right. days, right? Totally. So Esau goes to Isaac for a blessing. And, uh, and well, and Jacob steals that blessing, right? He right. steals it. He steals the firstborn birthright from, from his, his dying birth. dad. Yeah. Or for the blessing is coming from his dying dad, yeah. Isaac. Yeah. Right. And when Isaac figures that out and then Esau, who deserves the birthright, goes to Isaac to get the blessing, Isaac can't give him another blessing because he just gave it to, gave it to his brother. Can you imagine how watered that just tells me how watered down we as a society are now with blessings because mm-hmm. blessings meant something back so then. So true. Man. He was devastated. Yeah, because he couldn't Isaac couldn't give another blessing cuz he'd already given it away. So it was like that's like big time promise type pinky swear type of stuff back then, right? Just pinky swear? This is well, crazy. No, that was I like... mean, this is actually a question that I had when reading this was, and I didn't ask anybody about this yet, but I wanted to ask like a pastor or something, why Why is it that he can't give another blessing and that it meant, I mean, in the same turn, he's like, I can't give you a blessing. And also, even though he's younger than you, you're going to serve him. Why Why did that? Why was that part of the blessing? Like, that's something that question I questioned while I was reading it. Like, I feel like that wouldn't, if God blesses me today with, you know, I don't know, let's say he blesses us with children in the future, mm-hmm. right? That would be a huge blessing to me, but it isn't also contingent on, well, and now I also need to be a servant to some other person and my family's subject to this now, you know? You're right. So I'm, I was wondering, like, I wonder if there's a translation that in English we call it blessing and maybe it's something else. I just My mind went all of these places because I don't see blessings mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, well, that's kind of my point, too. I think blessings, well, uh, by my understanding of what I'm reading, 
blessings and vows and all that kind of stuff that they're talking about in the Bible and the Old Testament mm-hmm. meant a whole lot more than what they mean to us. Now we've watered it down so much, like, like having really good friends, for example, and you're like, Oh, I love you. You know, using, I love you has been watered down so much. I love you really should mean deep agape love right. for people right like i, I would will, die for you love i will die for you i will give i will give up everything that i have i will sell my house to pay your medical bills like serious serious love right and we throw those words around like that and i, I feel like we throw blessings around a lot too because we don't understand how deep it actually meant back then like blessings meant so much that they he wasn't able to give his brother, his other son, another blessing because he'd already given the blessing away. Right. So it's just fascinating to me more than I'm reading about this stuff. Yeah. And I know I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole, but it was just fascinating to me that in it, in it, it's, I, this is growing my spirituality because these things mean more to me now. When I talk about them, when I give people blessings, they mean more mm-hmm. to me now because I have this understanding about the way that blessings were or the way that blessings met back in the old Testament. So I, it's fun to talk to you about that. I am interested to talk to somebody that's like a theologian though, yeah, to be able to explain that stuff deeper to me. Right. And then I also have to keep in mind that this is old Testament stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Old Testament is a lot. It's a different covenant than the new Testament. And which we live by now. Um, right. That's my question is, did we water it down or does it mean something different? Yeah. Because the veil is torn. Is it connected to what Jesus did for us? Did yeah. that change? I mean, of course it changed everything for us, but um, is that part of something that, is that one of the obsolete things that we're just, you know, not living by anymore because Jesus fulfilled the law is it connected to that? Does it the kinds of questions I'd have? Yeah, or a theologian that exactly. maybe we'll bring on someday. Well, one of ho- these days, hopefully, Joe is gonna have some answers. <laughs> Joe, for us Joe you then, better have some answers. I, I mean, we got Pastor <laughs> Greg, we got Pastor yes. Kilmore, we got Pastor Matt. Uh, yes, we got so, so many people out. Like, like Pastor Matt has a doctorate. Yeah, we got some good resources. We do. That's we exciting. Do. We'll tap into those on we this are, podcast because we have questions. Yeah. And you know, I'm not gonna be one that's gonna try to talk about something that I don't know about. Like mm-hmm. you're asking me about how I deal with spiritual warfare. Well, I'm not that far in the Bible yet to be able I haven't studied that portion of the Bible to know what to talk about. Like, gotcha. like I read a the Ephesians because I, I know it's, it's something that I can, it gives me, it gives me direction in my life, my everyday life. Like Ephesians does. In Proverbs, you know, they give a direction that are relevant to my life right now and how to live my life to this day, but I haven't studied it. So I don't know exactly where to go and tell people, oh, go to Ephesians 6. And this is where it tells you that this is that kind of stuff. Like Jacob, David, Joseph, all those guys that I'm reading right now, man, I am deep in that stuff right now. I'm so, I'm like geeking out on it. I'm (laughs) so excited about it. And some of the other things are like, all the different like wives that they had, like having a bunch of different wives. Now I had that question, right? And I know that that's wrong. Mm-mm. It's sexual immorality right there, right? And it's like, but 
that's another portion of Adam and Eve having free will. They ate out of fruit uh, that that they weren't supposed to eat from. So they're given free will. And then this is the result. They have many wives. And then they also, the other part is that like when the, when Sarai can, is it Sarai or Sarai? Sarai. Sarai, When she couldn't have children, she gave one of her servants Mm -hmm. to uh, Abraham. I was like, have a kid with this guy, Mm -hmm. with the, with my servant. Look, you guys were so jacked up back then. It's I, like the Old Testament is drama. I, I just the, all the stories. I'm like, what? I know. And that's the cool thing about reading it daily is that I don't think I have yet uh, dived dove into oh. these stories in a way where I can I can see them as I don't know. I think I used to view Old Testament figures or people as so long ago. Right that they had a different, you know, experience than me. Yeah, culturally, sure, but I'm they were just as human as I am today. Yep. So the concept probably feels the same. I think it might feel the same. I can be like, what if I was so desperate for a kid that God wasn't giving me at that time that I gave my husband over to another I know. woman? I know, right? Oh my, I, I it just makes me like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. But these people also, because of the culture, you know, she's feeling all this for women if they didn't bear children. They're, I mean, I think I, this is probably not true, but I've heard people paraphrase this as they might as well have been useless. That's how women were made to feel, right? That if they didn't bear children, that that was the case. Yep. So she's dealing with all these pressures that make her do that. Yeah. But that pressure wasn't from God, right? This, so it kind of, all of this comes full circle and like, who is that coming from? Yeah. And yeah. So interesting. So I look forward to talking about that kind of stuff with people yeah. that know more about the Bible yeah. than I do. But I do know yeah. that having multiple wives is not okay. That's and, right. And having children with a servant and your wife's servant is not okay either. Because God gave us free will, we chose to be sexually immoral in some of these areas. But, well, hopefully we answered a lot of the questions about uh, spiritual warfare and spiritual attacks. And hopefully we've given you some encouragement. If you're feeling spiritually attacked lately, keep at it, dig into the word more, grow closer to God. Just remember it's because you are stirring stuff up and you're becoming, you are scaring the devil. You are scaring the devil and just keep going forward. And if you need any help with anything, feel free to reach out to us. We're on social medias on on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's open in a podcast deeper than the Sunday sermon. It's probably the handles that you'll find us under. We're on YouTube deeper than the Sunday sermon. And then right now we're on Spotify for the audio only, but soon we will get hooked up with Apple podcast and Google assistant and Alexa and Amazon and, 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 and mm-hmm. also you can email us at open ended at Eureka so open with no dashes in it, just open ended those two words at eurekafaithcenter.org. If you have feedback or questions or just anything you want to share with us, uh, we'll be checking that. And we want we want to hear from you. So if you have something to say, email us. If you have ideas, if you have topics yeah. that you want us to talk about, yeah. things that you're dealing with, let us know. You yeah. Can, you know, get a hold of us in any one of those ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you do have questions, I mean, I think we said in the first episode that we would totally be open to eventually talking about some question submissions. 
and um, not claiming that we can give answers, but we sure will give responses. Um, I heard that distinction lately instead of Q&A, Q&R question and response because you might not have the answers right and I think that applies to us on this podcast but if I mean submit them because why not and then if we can use it and um, it'll apply to the topic then we might as well and we won't call you by name absolutely we'll give you our real world advice about what we're how we're dealing with them or how we would deal with them Mm All right, you got any last closing things that you would like to talk about or no I think you did good closing us with the encouragement of just if you're feeling like attacked or you or you don't know if you've been spiritually attacked and you want to protect yourself because some of you might be like well I want to be proactive I'm not going to wait for right. something like that to happen to me um it might anyway even if you're being proactive but um that is that is the route is to be in the word and to be talking to God all the time if I mean it's it does not need to be this formal thing he is your dad he wants to hear from you talk to him in the car in the shower whenever um and just be in his word he gives a lot of advice through his book, this book that he right. gave us on how how to do that, and that's where the real answers are. Exactly. So. Great advice. Okay, so this episode's going to come out, and then next week we're going to have Joe. He's going to be in studio with us, and we'll talk about the Sunday sermon, which is what we're supposed to be talking mm-hmm. about. And then it's going to go to every two weeks. So we wanted to get this one out because it was supposed to be out two weeks ago, but somebody got sick and hasn't been able to record, so... We're just doing them back to back and then we'll be back on a two week schedule. Yeah. All right. Yay. Looking Thanks. forward it to it. Great hanging out with you again. I've missed you and everybody else and really excited to do this. Yeah. So. Same. Good. All right. All right. See you next time. Bye bye.